0: Welcome to Rising Tide Startups, where today's most exciting solopreneurs, startups and side hustlers share their startup stories. Rising Tide helps you break free from the Monday blues and launch your own startup. Each episode is a startup masterclass. Make sure you take notes. Take it away, Kevin.
1: This is Kevin Pruitt with Rising Tide Startups and my guest today is Jared Salem. Jared, thank you for joining us on Rising Tide.
0: Thank you very much for having me, Kevin. I'm really excited to be here.
1: I am, uh, as as people have already been able to suss out, you and I are probably not from the same country, but uh, it's good to talk to you on the other side of the planet. Tell us a little bit about Jared Salem.
0: Well, yeah, I'm from Sydney in Australia. Uh, I know you're over there in the US right now, so it's great that we can use technology to connect like this. Uh, yeah, I'm from Australia. I've been traveling the world for pretty much 12 years, nonstop now. Uh, met my beautiful wife when I was living in Canada. 10 years ago now and just been traveling around the world and managed to turn our passion into a business. And we now run a adventure travel blog called Nomatosaurus and a digital marketing agency called Peak Evolution Media. And that's all based around the travel sphere and the adventure industries and photography now as well. So we get to be paid to travel as I guess the, the term gets thrown around a lot. So very excited about how life has kind of panned out over the last few years.
1: Well, it's it's really interesting times, and you are, you and I were talking a little bit off camera just about you know just the crazy times we're finding ourselves in with you know COVID nineteen with the with the uh, you know the the coronavirus you know that really has had global impact and probably has impacted the travel industry you know heavier than just about anything else maybe maybe medical as well. But um, tell us a little bit, and we'll circle back later too again because I'm sure this will come up over and over again in our conversation, but. What is what have you seen in the immediate time frame? The impact, um, not just on travel, but like travel providers, and and what what can they do to kind of offset this?
0: It's a really crazy situation right now. Uh, yeah, not just in the travel industry, but hospitality and yeah, medical. Obviously, there's a it's a very turbulent time, and I think it uh, it's it's quite a, a interesting point to start off the interview because obviously everything is kind of getting thrown on its head and now what we're kind of experiencing in the travel industry is uh from January there was a little bit of a downturn in things like traffic uh and and affiliate bookings and and things like that and it wasn't anything that really concerned us too much um you know we were chatting to our business partners and clients so that we had uh different campaigns planned with and like, oh no it's, you know things are a little bit strange right now but no nothing's going to be changing and then really in the last kind of 10 days two weeks it's gone from uh you know things are a bit shaky but it'll be okay to basically everything has just come to a complete standstill uh, a lot of our partners unfortunately of. You know, they're cutting jobs left, right and centre. Jobs are getting cancelled. Clients are stressing out, as you can imagine. Uh, affiliates that we have are now cancelling their affiliate programs because they can't afford to to pay us, um, you know, as any commissions. So it, it's been really kind of odd watching it all unfold. In terms of our own business, we've seen traffic go from, you know, thirteen to fifteen thousand people a day down to three thousand in a matter of, you know, wow. a week. It's just been people are obviously and again, it's we're in a lucky world to be able to work in in travel, but you know, this is affecting everybody and yeah, companies are really in a bad place right now. Small businesses are suffering. Sure.
1: So sure.
0: yeah, it's it's strange. It's kind of yeah, I, I I don't really know where things are going right now, but we're working on, you know, a lot of, of ideas to try to yeah, get there. Yeah.
1: Well, I, I I do want to circle back with that because I I mean, I, I can even see it in your eyes as you're talking. The, the, the gears are, are always turning there. They're saying, oh, yeah. okay, so, you know, okay, we're faced with this situation. Now, what can we do in, in response to that? But I'm I'm really curious. I want to circle back just a little bit. So what a unique name, Nomatosaurus. Where did that... <laughs> I mean, you, you must have like, I love dinosaurs when I was a little kid. And then, you know, I'm a nomad, I'm a traveler. So how do we put these two things together?
0: Yeah, well, it's not even that we love dinosaurs. So we, we've always been travelers, Alicia, and Alicia's my wife. We've always been travelers. Uh, and about six and a half years ago, we were, uh, decided, okay, you know, we're going to start a blog and document our travels because we had a few friends tell us that it'd be a good idea, something to do, and we thought it'd be a fun little project, a hobby you know to have while we're on the road and so we jumped on namecheap.com and we're trying to find a name for a, a travel blog and we're like oh what about nomadic couple no that's taken oh what about you know wandering travelers oh no that's taken you know every typical travel blog name is already taken and we're just like whoa I can't believe there are this many names for travel blogs and we didn't really follow any at the time either so we didn't really have anything to go off and uh yeah, we were just driving along, and I think it was me. I just kind of said, "Oh, what about like Nomadosaurus, like a traveling dinosaur?" And we punched it into Namecheap, and uh, yeah, it was available. There it was <laughs> bought it and didn't really think twice about it. And uh, now it's our business.
1: <laughs> I mean, but what, what a what a great name to brand! I mean, you know, there, there's so many possibilities with with you know logo and design and, and just the whole idea of. You know what's that what's our tagline you know of, you know that leads off of that just think you could have just been travelingcouple.com and you would have been really disappointed that that was your creative company name from the very beginning yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah well it's yeah nomatosaurus has been quite interesting you know we take the asaurus and we throw it on the end of different words you know and uh use those for different campaigns we've got a few businesses and other domains that we've registered using that so it's always been kind of a a uh, yeah we've Wondered, oh, maybe we shouldn't. Have, we should have got something a bit more professional because when we're talking to like huge, you know, multinational corporations about projects, and they're like, yeah, do we really want to work with? you know some travelling dinosaurs like is that really like a professional thing but we you know we we love it we've embraced it and uh, a lot of our readers and followers love the name too
1: and, absolutely you know, i mean it, it injects fun it, it you know there's there's some creativity and just some you know fun behind the name i mean it's not just this kind of dry corporate you know sounding name but so talk a little bit about you know kind of the background i mean you you mentioned the the, the difficulties really since the first year but so you started this as a hobby but you've had to, I mean, it sounds like you've kind of piecemealed some things together as you as you started. You'll say, okay, we're going to do affiliate links, we're going to do sponsorship, we're going to do this, we're going to, you know, we're, we're going to give advice, we may do some travel coaching. I mean, what are the different revenue streams that you've kind of built around the the whole idea?
0: Well, in the early days, uh, when we started Nomatosaurus, it wasn't to make money, it wasn't to be a business. We always knew that travel blogs, Um, You know some travel blogs could would make enough money to keep traveling, but we didn't really understand how or why we didn't come from an online Marketing background or anything like that. I used to work construction Alicia used to work in restaurants and bars and she was a massage therapist So we had all kinds of different odd jobs, you know, we never came from this digital marketing world Uh, and when we started the blog we we're just traveling along and starting to get followers and readers, and more and more people were kind of keeping up with what we were up to as we were traveling across Southeast Asia into China and Mongolia and things like that. Uh, and the first kind of insight we got into how to make money on the road was just through freelance travel writing. Uh, ended up mm, writing yeah. for for a few different publications, selling photos and a few different things like that, uh, and making a little bit of money uh, to keep us on the road. And then we found out about sponsored posts, which is basically where you sell, you know, almost like, you know, contextual advertising that you put on your website. And we started to make a little bit of money off that, uh, promoting different brands and companies and uh, doing some kind of gray hat and black hat SEO stuff before we knew what any of that means. Uh, so we were just like making a little bit of money off that. We were travelers, you know, a hundred bucks would keep us on the road for a
1: week. So yeah, we were, like, very thrifty belt. probably too. After a while, you stayed in hostels, stayed on the road, you are sleeping beside the side of the road, that type of thing. We'll do whatever you got to do.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And then uh, we got involved in a few different Facebook groups with other travel bloggers and people who were doing pretty well. Uh, and they introduced us to affiliate links. Actually, I remember we wrote an article about um, like 10 essentials that we never travel without. Uh, and someone left a comment on that post and said, oh, it's so refreshing to see one of these posts is not just filled with Amazon links. Mm-hmm. And I read that comment and went, what's an Amazon link?
1: <laughs> and you then I read it into, <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, I read into it. I'm like, wait a minute. You can get money from like selling? Oh, <laughs> holy crap. So that was, you know, like we kind of just stumbled into it. Uh, and then through that. Yeah, we got more into branded campaigns, affiliate links, uh, sponsorships, and and things are kind of growing from there. Now these days we make money obviously through that, through advertising, through consulting. We run tours in Central Asia. Uh, we have a whole bunch of different things. So, uh, self photography to uh, yeah, commercial photography, brand ambassadorship. So it's kind of turned into this like big, uh, yeah. Uh, a whole bunch of different revenue streams, which I think is very important. I'll probably touch on diversification later on in our interview. Sure. So yeah, that's kind uh, of
1: Like North Face or Patagonia or any of the like larger clothing brands or any other brands have approached you and said, Hey, you're, you're really getting good reach here. You know, yeah, we like we, to,
0: yeah uh, absolutely. So we are brand ambassadors for a company called Katmandu. They're based in New Zealand and they have a, a very large uh, audience in Australian New Zealand and mm-hmm. they're, you know, Kind of going global now so they make very high quality adventure clothing gear similar to north face and patagonia yeah. and REI and things like that so right. we work with them uh, and we work with a few other brands on you know more three to six month projects and
1: yeah any interconnection with with places like uh Condé Nast travel or, or lonely planet or any of those like larger you know, National Geographic or anything like that, that that you've seen that are, you know, kind of these global brands that are, you know, more in the kind of the geographical travel space. You had any connection with those?
0: Yeah, I used to write for CNN Travel, BBC Travel, uh, Yahoo Travel, BuzzFeed, news.com.au. And that was more from a freelance writing point of view. And we've been approached by Lonely Planet about uh, doing some stuff with them, and we've sold images to National Geographic and had a few like minor features in there. But by the time we were starting to get contacted by companies like that, we were already doing pretty well with our own business. Mm. That's great. The kind of projects that they would approach us about or it, it's usually just like oh can you write an article for us or can you tell us something you know about this or they would buy photos for you know that's quite easy for us yeah. to do but uh, it got to the point where we didn't we would make more money from writing an article on our website than we would writing for CNN or for Lonely Planet so uh, yeah once we reach that level that we we're getting reached out to a lot of these big publications we didn't have to go down that route and we could put more energy into our own business right Um, i mean if national geographic called up tomorrow and asked me to write an article i'd still do it
1: (laughs) so how how many i mean under normal circumstances this is this is a little bit of an abnormal situation with the coronavirus but under normal circumstances how many days a year would you say you're kind of out of bed you know out of your your home base or whatever or you guys travel so much that you know home is just wherever your backpack lands i mean <laughs> what yep. how does that how's that fit in your in your lifestyle
0: well ignoring uh, the years before we started the website because that was kind of a bit of a you know we were just backpackers wandering around working on sailboats and working ski resorts uh, you're doing odd things like that but uh, since we started nomatosaurus we were almost five years completely nomadic um no home base living out of a backpack with travel around, rent an Airbnb for a week, keep moving. Um, I think in 2016, we moved to Thailand and stayed there for two months and that was the longest we'd stayed put uh, in years. Um, But these days, uh, we live in Sydney. Uh, We've got a bit of a base here, but normally we're only here about two months a year. Mm -hmm. Ten months, we're on the road, traveling around on different projects, exploring new places. But yeah, obviously now things are a little bit different
1: so what's kind of what what number are you up to as far as countries visited and is there any place on the planet that you have not made it to yet
0: you know what kevin i've actually never counted how many countries it's not that i don't believe in counting countries Uh it's just not something that um we ever really kind of focused on we would go back to countries over and over again for example i've been to kyrgyzstan seven times yeah um you know if we love a place we go back so uh, not exactly sure how many if i had to guess probably 70 or 80 um around about there uh, maybe a bit more maybe a bit less um but we actually haven't been to the whole e- anywhere on the continent of africa uh that's our last continent to get to um and it's somewhere that once all this covid-19 kind of situation calms down it'll be the first place that we go and check out
1: it is an amazing continent there i mean it is so diverse from from the you know the northern Part of the con- of the continent all the way to the southern tip it, it i mean there's just so many different cultures and languages, and the topography is is so unique in in that incredible continent you know that is that is I so rich help. in resources and and beauty as well so I, I think uh, that will certainly be a, you, you'll need to spend a, a lot of time there to really see everything you want to see and that it, is such a vast place you know just so much to to offer but I, I'm really just curious about the idea. How do you decide where to go?
0: Well, usually from talking to people like yourself now, now that you've just talked about Africa, the way you have on.
1: I work like, for the oh, African I tourism go. board. <laughs> That's right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, once we finish this interview, I'm probably going to be hitting you up with a bunch of questions. Uh, the, the way that we figure out where we want to go is from talking to other travelers for the most part, you know, uh, we had traveled through central Asia and we absolutely loved it. And we we're starting to meet other travelers who are like, Oh, if you guys like love mountains, well, you got to go to Patagonia. Like, mm, oh, okay. yeah. I haven't really considered Patagonia, you know? And so once we finished crossing Asia and going through Europe, we we're like, Oh, well, everyone keeps talking about Patagonia. Right, let's go to Patagonia. So that's what we did. And we're, while we're in Patagonia, everyone's talking about Japan. Oh, you guys haven't been to Japan. You should go to Japan. So that's kind of the next thing we start planning. Oh, right, we'll go to Japan next. So now, that's kind of how we figure out where we want to go. Um, these days with work, we it, it's a little bit more structured. A company will reach out to us and you know be like, oh, we have a project uh, in this country and we need you guys to come over and do that. And then while we're there, uh, we'll start, well, let's go. Like, oh, okay, well, we're going to uh, Czech Republic uh, for a job. While we're there, we may as well see what else we can do in the country and close by uh and then we start kind of researching things like that and now being photographers as well uh we start to look more for different photography kind of destinations so africa for wildlife photography Antarctica, south georgia we've been to uh and you know galapagos and things like that so
1: That is, I mean, it's just such a coincidence. Hello, (laughs) she could jump on anytime. (laughs) Good to to see you, (laughs) and you as well.
0: I just got home, and I didn't want to interrupt. (laughs) Not
1: at all. Jump in anytime. We got questions for everybody, so (laughs) we're we're just we're loving the chat here. So it's just uh, I'm I'm grilling him on all of his geography and you know where you guys have been. So yeah, Yeah. it's just it's just always good to hear. Uh, Always good to hear
0: so you know you can
1: listen later and you can refute anything that he said that you said no that's not true <laughs> where'd you come
0: I, with that uh, i definitely will i definitely
1: will
0: <laughs> it's lovely to meet you thank
1: you thank you
0: the joys of uh, working from your bedroom during absolutely
1: COVID the <laughs> uh, you know what and and it, it's even uh, like it's it's exacerbated now because everybody's locked in their house so it's it you know and the, because of the, the kind of the pandemic but um, I just wanted to to drill down a little bit more about let's go back to kind of when you first started the and you really saw that it was kind of transitioning into a real business. So has it has it been pretty steady upward growth from that point on, or have you seen like some you kind know, of kind of a roller coaster growth over the last, you know, few years or so? What how would you kind of describe your trajectory, you know, from the time that you really started taking it seriously?
0: Yeah, so to give a bit of, uh, bit more of an accurate timeline, we started Nomatosaurus at the end of 2013 uh, and beginning of 2014, we went to Thailand with this trip uh, idea of going from Thailand to South Africa without flying. And that, that's why Nomatosaurus was born, basically to document that, uh, not to make money. But over the first year, we started, like I mentioned, doing a little bit of freelancing, and in the second year, we started doing a a sponsored post, and then starting to make very minimal amount of affiliate um, commissions. Uh, And then things slowly grew. And at the beginning of twenty seventeen, we ended up in Thailand, and we were making enough money at that point to live in Southeast Asia, basically. Mm -hmm. You know, like yeah, we can't do any crazy big trips. We kind of go exploring Western Europe on our current income, but you know, we're making enough to kick right. back. And um, I think at the, it was like 50 bucks a day or something, mm-hmm. you know, like there's enough to live comfortably uh, in Southeast Asia or Central True. America. Uh, but while we're in Thailand, we're like, you yeah, know, let's, let's give it a go. Let's give this a proper crack and see what we can do. So we focus more on SEO and creating, uh, you know, more rich content and, uh, things, uh, sales funnels, like uh, through our email marketing and creating content that would convert ideally. Uh, and from there, things grew pretty quickly. Uh, and 2017 was a good year. 2018, things really picked up. And last year, if you look at a graph, like last year's income, for it, things just skyrocketed. And it all kind of came off that uh, hard work that we did in at the end, beginning of 2017 really mm. so yeah things are slow and then it's just skyrocketed in the last two years
1: and you've actually i mean did i read somewhere that you've actually grown your team even within the last 12 18 months you know added some people to it because i mean it has it obviously outgrown just the two of you doing everything i would assume
0: Yep, we have eight people on the team now we have uh, a head of content a guy that manages our content strategy uh, we have two VAs and we have five riders
1: now the is the content guy the guy that has the the flatbed truck with the camper on it that I
0: yeah that's Chris
1: the yeah one that was driving from like Alaska to, to Argentina or something like there's yeah
0: that's uh, that's Chris and his wife Lindsay uh, there we met them in Honduras in 2011. I think, on a little island called Utila. Uh, We met Chris, sorry. He wasn't with Lindsay at the time. Um, Hit it off, became really good friends, have stayed in touch this whole time. Actually, haven't seen him in person since 2011. Uh, And he was, he started a blog. He bought his flatbed truck, trying to get from uh, Alaska all the way to Argentina. And he was just hitting us up for some tips. And, you know, we were helping him with blogging and, and getting into this kind of industry. And, yeah, he ended up, jumping on the team with us and he's been an incredible asset and uh, he's really been integral to our growth over the last six months.
1: What's well, I mean, it's amazing. That the whole idea, there's a, you know, a famous business book called the E-Myth and it, it talks about, you know, when you, when your company grows, when your startup grows, you have to transition from working in your business to on your business. And it sounds like to me that, I mean, you guys are still, you know, heavily involved in the, in the day-to-day operations and stuff like that. But at some level, you, you have to be able to delegate well and you have to be able to find people that, that really have a more specific, you know, skill set that can do specific tasks that you need done, you know, as part of the team, as you grow. Otherwise, you will, your capacity, your personal capacity will kind of limit how, you know, how big this can grow. And I mean, it sounds like to me, you kind of face that, you know, the, that dilemma, you know, is, okay, are we going to? Or do we have enough? Is 50 bucks a day in Southeast Asia enough. Then we can just continue to, to do our little, little, you know, paid sponsored blogs and take pictures from national geographic. If it's not enough, we've got to do something different. And it's, no, it's interesting to see yeah. your transition. So how would you describe that? I mean, going from, you know, the person working in the business to becoming like the CEO or founder or co-founder of this company of eight people now?
0: Well, it, it, it wasn't easy, I have to admit. Now, Nomatosaurus has, has always been about Alicia and I and our journey and the things that we kind of do and our experiences. And and that's what people would follow our website and social media for. People would engage with us and they're really interested in where we were going. And we would share our tips and our experiences yeah. and usually from a very personal, very independent point of view. Uh, and that's what built the brand. And that's what built the trust levels that we had with our audience. And so, you know, when we hired our first VA, that was easy enough because we got to the point where we couldn't manage everything. And, uh, you know, the VA would help with a few different things here and there, social media and, you know, updating articles and stuff, things that we just didn't have time for. Uh, And, you know, from there it started to grow more and more and bringing our first writers onto the team was something that was it was a hard decision to make because we were like, well, is anyone, does anyone actually care about what this person's experiences in a different country? Like people go on our website for us. And like you mentioned, it's, it's about working, you know, on the business. And it it was, it was a tough transition, but as we kind of learned more and more about business management and scaling up and things like that, it it just got to the point where we're like, well, if we're going to actually make real money out of this and something that we don't want to have to go back to working construction or hospitality in the future. We want to do this forever. Well, we have to remove ourselves a little bit. Now, if you go to our website or social media, it's still us. Uh, but we've got, you know, four or five articles a week going out on the right now. And we don't write most of them. You know, we yeah. just, it's not something we do. Um, and bringing on Chris was a huge thing because he comes from more of a, a structured, systematic background compared to me just being a nomadic backpacker, just <laughs> have to have a good time, right? Hey, it and, takes uh, both. <laughs> yeah. And he, I mean, he's a traveler as well. And he's, he's a fantastic guy with a lot of cool experiences as well. Um, but he kind of, when he approaches for joining the team, he was like, here's what I want to do. And the control. Side of me, I was like, no, I can't just like let this random person like you know give (laughs) direction and structure of what this is our baby. You know, Alicia and I built this. We can't let someone else, you know, kind of have any say on it. But we trusted him, and that was a huge thing for us. And he's just been incredible. And I think that's something that a lot of small business owners probably struggle with in the early days is you know bringing on not just bringing on people to help out, but then trusting them to do. The job that you've kind of assigned to them you know exactly it, it, it's been tough but it's been very beneficial it's been a cool learning experience
1: i i really think that as long as you're leading the company you will always view the company as your baby at at whatever level that is it's there there will always be a, an element of that, that that is kind of you know in the background and, and i yeah. you even talk to people that you know have sold their companies on you know for ridiculous amounts of money and but they're still you know I don't care about the money. I care about that thing that we birthed, you know, the the sweat and tears and toil that went into that, you know, developing that and building it. But um, I, I know that there have been a lot of lessons learned, you know, in the process of trying to get this thing off the ground and things that worked well and things that didn't work well. But if you were going to do this again tomorrow, what would be like two or three just crucial steps, you know, somebody that that is, is listening to this, that's thinking, you know, Hey, I've got an idea to start something. I've got a passion. I'm, you know, it's a passion project. It's a hobby, but yet it has, you know, real, some, you know, financial, uh, I guess the potential, you know, to really start something, what would be two or three just fundamental steps that you think everybody needs to take to really set a good foundation to get this rolling?
0: well i think having a business plan is obviously an important one something that we never had in the early days if we we're going to start a new business we'd obviously kind of you know put together a roadmap of of how things are going to grow you know certain you know kpis and and where we want to scale things up and how we're going to do that and what systems we're going to be using to get to a certain point uh, and that obviously would have propelled things in a much faster trajectory in the early days for us. And something that we would do if we started again and with our new websites and new businesses that we're developing, especially now that we have all this extra time of not traveling, uh, that's what we're doing. We're putting together these roadmaps and we're putting together, you know, proper systems in place to kind of grow in that way. So that's something I would recommend for people as well. Second thing is consume as much information as possible, Mm -hmm. which again is not something that we did in the early days. Like we started a travel blog with, Heard that a few people made money from it, and we didn't research how. We didn't know about affiliate marketing. We didn't know about advertising. We didn't know about any of that because we were just ignorant and we were just travelers and we kind of just fell into it. Uh, but there's tons of resources out there. There's so much free information that you can find on YouTube and on Absolutely. blogs. And podcasts are a great source of information right now. Uh, I listen to podcasts nonstop now because I'm just constantly learning and consuming this information. It's really you know, put us into a better mind frame to grow the business. Uh, and if I had to recommend a third one, it would be connecting with people, networking. Uh, and,
1: you know,
0: if you can get a mentor, that's a, that's a great thing. Uh, we had one not in the very early days, but kind of maybe like a third of the way through our journey. We, we had a business mentor, uh, quite informal. It was just a mate who was doing really well at business, but he would kind of give us advice here and there. We'd reach out to him with different ideas um and yeah these days we don't actually have a mentor anymore uh but we do have a lot of friends who are very successful business people and you know we've got like a bit of a mastermind group and we get together we chat we share ideas so networking as well uh especially in the early days facebook groups um you know, reaching out to people on linkedin uh going to events that are in your home city and just chatting to people finding out you know and being genuinely interested in what they're doing and then Yeah, seeing if you can learn from them and people are always happy to share their information with you as well. So that'd be the three things planning, uh, consuming information and networking.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously you followed a a real heart passion for yourself. I mean, you you just love traveling. You both of you ended up I mean, you were you met, you know, through travel and through, you know, going out and experiencing the the big world out there. But how important would you say that it has to be that you have to be passionate about whatever the, whatever this business idea is. Is that, is that really a a hugely important factor or, or not?
0: Um, yes and no. Uh, We love what we do and making a living out of it is a huge bonus and something that we're very, very happy that we've managed to make this, um, You know our lifestyle and our dream and travel is a passion. And I urge everyone, if they can work in their passion, uh, to do it. Um, But another thing is that when your passion becomes a job, all of a sudden it's not as fun anymore. Maybe I'm not Uh, so
1: passionate anymore. (laughs) That's
0: right. (laughs) Yeah, uh, like we get to travel ten months of the year. Yeah. uh, And in the early days when we were traveling full time, everything was exciting and amazing and. And now, you know, we get a we get a job and we're like, oh yeah, we're, we're flying off to this country next week. And it doesn't even phase us anymore, you know? We're just kind of like, okay, it's a job, like we know what to do and yeah, it's gonna be cool, but yeah, you you get complacent with these kind of yeah. things. And so if you, you are following a passion, it's something that, I'm, I'm not saying don't do it, uh, it's just something that people got to keep in mind. Yeah. Uh, but you can be very successful uh, by getting into business of things that you know you're not passionate about we met a guy when we were living in thailand who was a very successful amazon affiliate website builder uh, making an absolute killing way more money than we had ever imagined at that point in time uh you know and he was saying to us like you guys are so lucky and blah 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 and we were like dude you're the one that's making like six (laughs) figures a month this is like whatever and he was like yeah but i make websites about car stereos i don't even like cars you know but you know he (laughs) Yeah, so he didn't have a passion there, um, but he was good at what he did, and he saw opportunities, and he managed to make a lot of money doing it. So yeah. you can go either way, uh, and maybe you'll get really lucky and make six figures a month while following your passion as well, which is obviously what everyone achie- you know, strives to achieve one day. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm much happier writing about travel and experiencing travel than writing about cast areas I can oh, say I, that.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. I I, mean, I love the way you framed that. That you know it could be your passion, but if you do it so often, you know, my passion may be Nutella or chocolate cake or, you know, whatever. But if I ate it three meals a day for, you know, six months, I would probably be off of it by the time, you know, that time period rolled around and, and that the idea that sometimes the business allows you to follow your passion because it gives you that time freedom. It gives you that financial resources and that type of thing. So I, I really like the way you kind of framed that to, to, to kind of wrap up our our, um, our segment that we like to talk about it as rising tide startup school. So, you know, I, every guest, I want to, to give them the opportunity to be the professor and, and teach those that are listening. But um, I just, I, I love the way that you have just kind of framed the whole conversation about, you know, your business that you've started and, you know, the, the things that you ch- you know the challenges you've faced and even the challenges you're facing currently and, and the approach you're taking, to kind of meet those head on. And I I just really want to applaud you guys for, you know, just your efforts. And and I know that like I can tell just like I said, watching you just the gears turning, you know, and I wish we had, you know, hours to talk about this because you've got probably so much to share, but um, I, I do want to honor your time today. And I just want to ask you, is there something we have not touched on that you want to kind of wrap up with and then tell people where the best place to find you?
0: Yeah, well, first of all, thank you so much for the kind words. Really appreciate it, Kevin. Um, You know, we are very lucky and fortunate to be doing what we're doing. Um, I I will just touch very, very briefly on this current situation because I think it's quite timely with COVID-19 and it's affecting a lot of businesses in a lot of different industries and a lot of people are stressing, you know, people with families and mortgages and things like that. it's it's a very scary time right now uh and a lot of our fellow business owners and people who work in this industry are, are understandably quite worried um i'll i have been hugely affected by it alicia you know our business is taking a huge hit uh, but to be honest we are very excited about this potential you know growth like it, everything is so uncertain right now and i think there is a lot of opportunity and this is just for everyone who's listening right now who may be um, in the same situation. There is a lot of opportunity to be had uh, coming through this and at the other side of this pandemic, you know, we're about to, you know, we, depending on who you listen to, we're already in a recession and this could last for one, two, three, four years. Who knows? You know, we're, we're in this uncertain time right now and there is opportunities to be had and found. We just need to clear through the fog and the mud and find out what those are. So I'm urging anyone who, you know, and there's also like kind of telling myself this, right? Like I'm trying to, you know, while I've got all these ideas running through and Alicia's got a whiteboard with all these ideas of what we can do to develop while we're in this situation. Um, you know, it's, there's excitement in this and there are opportunities to be had. So, you know, don't lose hope right now while COVID-19 is happening. And I think it's, it's something that uh, it is really important for everyone to remember right now we're all going to get through this wow. and some of us, as long as we have the right mind frame and stay positive and keep looking for new opportunities. We're all going to get through this and be better and stronger and wealthier potentially on the other side. I think that's something that I just wanted to mention. Um, and then where you can follow us, uh, nomatosaurus.com is our website. Uh, and nomadasaurus is all our social media handles on youtube on instagram on facebook and you know we have different personality or well, same personalities but tell different stories on each platform so if anyone wants to come and check us out we'd really appreciate it and anyone has any questions they can reach out to us hello at com or through its social media we reply to absolutely everyone that's one thing we don't our vas and writers don't you speak on our behalf if someone emails us it'll be me or alicia who writes back and we're always happy to connect with new people
1: well i i can i can attest to the fact that they are very quick to respond because when i reached out to to invite them on the on the podcast it was i mean it was a very quick response and and i i was really excited because i i mean when i saw your your profile and, and started looking at your website i thought i have got to have them on the podcast because they've got they have such a great story to tell and Thank you for just wrapping up with with such an optimistic, you know, note here at the very end with, you know, in the, in the time that is, you know, as we're all trapped in our houses and, you know, working in, a, in our new normal, you know, under the under this kind of the, the situation called COVID-19. And but, you know, what an optimistic outlook, you know, that, that you just you gave us and, and an encouraging word to end on and really just playing your part in helping all boats rise in a rising tide. Jared, thanks again for joining us.
0: Thank you for having me, Kevin. I loved it. Another episode in the books. We hope you heard some great takeaways. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes and YouTube. As always, thanks for listening to Rising Tide.